0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. It's the second hour of all three hours of the Eric Erickson Show nationwide from Atlanta, Georgia. The phone number is 877-973-7425. I should tell you, by the way, um, if you happen to also listen to Ben Shapiro in the evenings somewhere in the nation, you're going to hear me filling in for him today and tomorrow uh, for Rosh Hashanah. He was is, is out Uh, celebrating and enjoying his time with his family and friends. They asked if I would step behind the mic for him. Was happy to do it. Uh, We'll be recovering a lot of this stuff uh, from from these hours. Now, I want to move to what happened in Italy. It's kind of important. The Italians are headed towards their first female prime minister. What's notable here in particular is the media reaction internationally to it. Uh, Giorgio Maloney is the head of a party, and in full fairness, honesty, and disclosure, this party does trace its origins to the post-World War II fascist movement after Mussolini was deposed. It's true. The media has used that as a hook to suggest that this woman is somehow fascist, For her views, listen to the subtlety in the NPR retelling of what happened. The coalition led by far-right leader Giorgia Maloney won the most votes in elections held Sunday and appears set to form Italy's first far-right government since World War II. Provisional results show. Far-right government since World War II, yep. Uh, Tying her to Mussolini without using Mussolini's name. Now, uh, don't confuse being on the right with being conservative, although she is very Christian. She's a big Lord of the Rings fan. You should know historically that uh, in Italy, according to multiple press reports from Italy and, and beyond, that the fascists kind of gravitated towards fantasy fiction. Uh, trying to weave its themes together. A lot of this stuff is somewhat distorted, though, by just a hatred of Christian conservatives. And, of course, now they're calling her a Christian nationalist. I want to play for you a speech. If you text DATA to 33777, I don't care who you are. It's not behind a paywall. Uh, if you go to today's show notes, I've embedded it there. I'm going to play this, but I'm going to keep the volume low because it's actually in Italian, and because it's in Italian, I'm going to talk over it and I'm going to read the subtitles to you. I do not speak Italian, so I'm going to play her a little low and I'm going to speak loudly. She begins. This is Georgia Maloney. She will be Italy's first female prime minister. And this is her speaking after the win. Please answer me these questions. This is about what we're doing here today. Why is the family an enemy? Why is the family so frightening? There's a single answer to all these questions. Because it defines us. Because it defines our identity. Because everything that defines us is now an enemy for those who would like us to no longer have an identity and to simply be perfect consumer slaves. And so they attack national identity. They attack religious identity identity, they attack gender identity, they attack family identity. I can't define myself as Italian, Christian, woman, mother, no. I must be citizen X, gender X, parent 1, parent 2. I must be a number because when I am only a number, when I am no longer have any identity or roots, then I will be the perfect slave at the mercy of financial speculators, the perfect consumer. That's the reason why, that's why we inspire so much fear, that's why this event inspires so much fear, because we do not want to be numbers, we will defend the value of the human being. Every single human being because each of us has a unique genetic code that is unrepeatable and like it or not this is sacred we will defend it we will defend God we will defend country we will defend family those things that disgust people so much we will do it to defend our freedom because we will never be slaves and simple consumers at the mercy of financial speculators. That is our mission. That is why I came here today. Chesterton wrote more than a century ago. Let me see if I can find it. Fires will be kindled to testify that two and two make four. Swords will be drawn to prove that leaves are green in summer. That time has arrived. We are ready. Thank you. I'm like, what's wrong with this? She's quoting Chesterton about the rise of postmodernism where truth is no longer true and you must draw swords and argue that leaves are green in summer and two and two is four. I mean, what's wrong with this This is exactly where we are in society. And she says she's going to defend normalcy against irrationality. Now, we can quibble with some of what she said if we must on financial speculators and the like. But here's what's actually going on. And this is why they hate her. They're using the hook of the fascist tie to her party. But they don't like that she's willing to speak truth to power, because who is the power to whom she's speaking? The global elite consensus. The global elite consensus. There is a conservative reaction happening as the equal and opposite reaction to left-wing elite actions in the world. In Sweden, the right dominated the elections and they weren't expected to. The left was expected to continue to hold power in Sweden and they've been thrown out. The single greatest moving party in Sweden is a what's considered far-right party that's anti-immigrant. This party that's taking power of the coalition in in Italy, now Italy always has coalitions and just to hang on because in a year it'll collapse and there'll be another election given how Italy works. But this party is a party that does not like open borders, does not like the massive wave of African immigrants sailing across the Mediterranean. We have people crossing our southern border, overwhelming us. In Italy, they have lots and lots of people getting on boats in Africa, coming across uh, and filling up Italian ports. And the European Union demands that Italy let them all in. Well, this lady's not a fan of the European Union, although she said she has no intention of getting rid of it. Uh, People say she's a fan of Vladimir Putin, and yet she has stood with Ukrainian people in solidarity with Ukraine against Putin, saying that they have a right to the territorial historic integrity of their borders. But she's campaigned against transgender ideology that, even in European schools, has kind of invaded and taken over the European elite. She's campaigned against the elite. She was against lockdowns in Italy. She was the most vocal opponent of the Italian government shutting down Italy. She was opposed to the vaccine mandates for COVID in Italy. Saying that they don't actually, that they undermine the integrity of vaccines because since they don't provide an actual cure, like most vaccines actually prevent you from getting sick and these don't. So it will undermine people's faith in vaccines if you force a vaccine on people that doesn't actually keep them from getting sick. What's happening are the Italian people are tired of the elite, just like we are in this country. There's something to Ron DeSantis in this. The progressive elite in this country despise DeSantis. They don't like his theater. They don't like his performance. Even DeSantis in his interview with Mises, it's not something they should have done, this, this uh, push, this, this movement to send people to Martha's Vineyard. He didn't want to do it, but it was the only way to get people to pay attention to the issue. He didn't like the performance, but he felt he had to do it. The elite in this country decided to get rid of capitalism not by replacing it with socialism, but by replacing it with technocrats. They have presumed that they could flip switches and turn knobs and get certain economic results to benefit their preferred chosen people. They could pick the winners and losers and adjust the economy accordingly. And where has it gotten us? 8% inflation, 43% increase in the price of eggs, gas prices going up, and they said there was nothing they could do to control gas prices. And now gas prices falling, and they're saying it's all their, their credit to them, credit to them. They're the ones who lowered it. By the way, gas prices started to go back up. I filled up with gas in North Georgia over the weekend. It was less than $3 for the first time I can recall in a while. It's already going back above $3 as Hurricane Ian heads into the Gulf of Mexico and oil operations have to shut down. The people collectively are kind of tired of an elite who despise patriotism You're only a patriot if you share elite values. The people are kind of tired of the elite technocrats who think they can manage the economy better than a free marketplace of arms linked transactions. The people are kind of tired of an elite who told us we could beat COVID by staying in our houses forever. And now that we can't beat COVID, they've adjusted, lied, and obfuscated what they previously said. They lack the humility to admit they were wrong and explain why they changed their minds and how they got it wrong. They lack the humility to assess how they got things wrong to change. I mentioned this before. Let's step back to 2016. I I didn't support Trump. I I didn't. I, I, I wouldn't. Even if I thought he was going to win, I didn't think he was going to win, but I wouldn't have supported him. I I really did believe, do believe, character counts. I supported him in 2020 because it was very obvious that, I mean, no one was ever going to go third party. It was going to be Democrat or Republican. I was going to pick the lesser of the two evils. Still acknowledging it's evil. It's just less than the other one. I, I would prefer it if we had something better. But this is what the nation wants, Biden versus Trump. I'm going to go with Trump because I think Biden will be a disaster, and he is. But a lot of the people who got 2016 wrong refused to even assess how could they get it wrong. Why did they get it wrong? And they started making up mythologies to justify why they got it wrong. It was the Russians. It was the Russians. It's always the Russians. They couldn't acknowledge that something was going on in the country. I at least tried to sit down and figure out what I got wrong. And one of those things was that I, for years, had been battling the Republican establishment as a conservative, fighting Mitch McConnell so much, even supporting someone running against him, that they took me off Fox News for doing it. And we lost. And I figured, well, there wasn't much of a constituency for being uh, conservative as opposed to a Republican establishment. But my gosh, by 2016, everybody else had caught up and wanted to burn it all down to the ground. And I I got why. I totally got right. I, I was a trendsetter in that regard. Just didn't think there were a lot of people with me there. But here come all these people in the Republican Party. They would rather burn it down or put a bull in the China shop in the form of Trump, then leave the establishment in charge. And it's been that way ever since, because Republicans for years had made promises and broken those promises. They, for years, had promised to fight and then were more interested in sucking up to the media and the press and being liked by Democrats than they were actually fighting the Democrats on their own charges. I mean, listen to Gavin Newsom in California. He said, oh, Ron DeSantis broke the law. We're gonna find out which one he broke. Those people played dirty. We're gonna be ruthless to them. Of course, the Democrats are always ruthless. And now they have the major press around the world in league with them. Oh, this woman, she's a fascist. Italy's descending into the far right. Tie her to Viktor Orban in Hungary. Why not give her a chance? I gave Trump a chance. I said, look, I'm wrong. I think I owe him a chance. And it paid off. He did. I, did, I still got issues with the man. I still don't care for him, but he had some great policies. These people on the left, though, can't bring themselves to do that, can't bring themselves to recognize they screwed up, can't bring themselves to understand why they were wrong because they don't think they were wrong. And that ultimately is the problem. And that is why so many people in the world today are embracing right-wing politicians, not because they want right-wing politicians, but they're the only people standing up and fighting the elite. You see, when I was wrong, I said I needed to assess why I was wrong and figure out how to get right, how to understand what's happened in politics that I missed. When these people in the elite get it wrong, they don't think they got it wrong. They think you got it wrong, and they hate you even more. And it's hard to contain that hate. And the voters realize how much the elite disdain them. And so the voters have just sent Giorgia Maloney's party to power in Italy as a big middle finger to the elite of Europe who have locked them down, forced them against their will to take vaccines, forced them to overwhelm their cities with immigrants they did not want, and forced them to play into a highly consumerist European system, all while indoctrinating their kids on gender ideology. And the people finally had enough and voted against the elite at the ballot box. So now the elite will spend a lot of energy trying to discredit the vote tried to discredit the new prime minister because the elite don't have any humility to assess how they screwed up. All they want is power. Everybody asked me about bowl and branch sheets. I actually put up a picture the other day. We got some in our house because we order from them. We actually are customers and they're like, oh my gosh, are they really that good? Yes, they get softer every single time you wash them. I mean, they use 100% organic cotton threads. They're super soft. You get such a good sleep. They have just the great weight to them. Like, I had a pair of sheets we actually threw away when we replaced them with Bowling Branch, Where is they were just, like, too light and also not very soft. And the Bowling Branch, they're perfect. The drape across your body when you sleep, absolutely perfect. Bowling Branch uses the highest quality threads on Earth for superior softness, for a better night's sleep. They've got over 10,000 stellar reviews. Their signature sheets come in nine neutral colors in all sizes from Twin to California you will feel the difference and they're 100% free from toxins no pesticides no formaldehyde no harsh chemicals get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code eric e-r-i-c-k at bolenbranch.com that's bowlandbranch b-o-l-l-a-n-d branch.com the promo code is eric e-r-i-c-k hello there it is eric Erickson here the phone number if you want to be on the show 877-973-7425 i gotta go back to a story i mentioned earlier the los angeles times has a story that the fbi misled a judge along with a u.s attorney who helped mislead the judge agents took photos and videos of pay stubs password lists credit cards a prenup agreement, immigration and vaccine records, bank statements, heirlooms, a will. According to court records, in one box, agents found cremated human remains. They raided safe deposit boxes at the U.S. private vault store in Beverly Hills 18 months later. Turns out in unsealed court documents, the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles got their warrant by misleading the judge who approved it. They omitted from their warrant request a central part of the FBI's plan. Permanent confiscation of everything inside every box containing at least $5,000 in cash or goods. The FBI's justification for the dragnet forfeiture was its presumption that hundreds of unknown box holders were storing assets tied to unknown crimes. It took five days for agents to fill their evidence bags, more than $86 million in cash, and a bonanza of gold, silver, rare coins, gem-studded jewelry, and enough Rolex and Cartier watches to stock a boutique. The U.S. Attorney's Office tried to block public disclosure, disclosure of court records that laid bare the government's deception. A judge rejected the request. The failure to disclose the confiscation plan in the warrant request came to light in FBI documents and depositions from a class action lawsuit. The box holders all sued. The court filing showed the federal agents defied restrictions that the U.S. magistrate judge set in the warrant by searching through box holders' belongings for evidence of crimes. The government did not know what was in the boxes, who owned them, or what, if anything, those people had done says a lawyer representing 400 box holders. That's why the Warren application did not even attempt to argue about probable cause. After a two-year investigation, leaders of the FBI's Los Angeles office believed U.S. private vaults was a magnet for criminals hiding illicit proceeds. The business was charged with conspiracy to sell drugs and launder money. The FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office denied they misled the judge or ignored his condition, saying they had no obligation to tell him of the plan for indiscriminate confiscations. Needless to say, the judge is furious, the lawyers are involved, and the FBI gets yet another black eye who will clean up this organization. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Now, I know a lot of you who are listening right now don't have to worry about this. But if you live in the southeast, suddenly you have to start thinking, particularly if you live in Florida, Georgia, the Carolinas, Hurricane Ian is headed our way. Uh, it is starting to intensify. It's expected to seriously strengthen. And then uh, as it gets to the northern waters of the Gulf of Mexico, weaken some, and then come ashore in Florida, uh, they're projecting somewhere around Tampa Bay. And then head north, uh, impacting obviously Orlando, Jacksonville, even the Atlanta area, up into the Carolinas as well. Um, it'll bring in lots of rain, heavy winds. It's that time of year For something like this, we haven't had a very robust uh, hurricane season. Ian's only the fourth hurricane of the 2022 Atlantic hurricane season. Now I'm not. Sure. I guess we had several tropical storms, and that's why we're already at eye uh, only four hurricanes. Normally by this time of year we have some more, but nope. This is the peak season now. We're starting to get some. Uh, the meteorological teams overestimated how many we would have, but this one. Keep an eye on your local radio station. In particular, you can get battery powered radios. Uh, You you charge your phones. Those of you who have electric cars, you probably want to start leaving Florida now just so you can get out without your car battery dying since you're not going to get gas in your car. You probably want to go on and head out in your Teslas. You'll get to South Georgia sometime by Friday. Um, I I just uh, be careful out there. Pay attention. um, And hopefully... Things will go okay, but please, you know, this is one of those times people always sometimes wonder, oh, radio, radio's dying, radio's going away. This is when radio kind of becomes an indispensable thing uh, because oftentimes you you can't get TV, but you can still get radio with battery-powered radios. You can turn on your car and get your local radio station and get the weather, get the track, uh, and just pay attention to the local radio stations wherever you are in the southeast as this storm continues to grow uh, it's one of the reasons I still go to the Drudge Report all the time, because whenever there's a hurricane, uh, the Drudge Report copiously puts up the tracking maps and the the computer models of where it may or may not go. And, well, um, one way or the other, right now, all of the computer models show it's going to cut up through Florida, uh, either through Tampa and Orlando area or or come up a little bit to the west and go straight up through the South Georgia, Valdosta to Macon and, and Atlanta. So just... Pay attention, and then it's going to cut over through South and North Carolina. Now we got to move on. I just I felt obligated to do that. Um, obviously, stick with your local radio station this week uh, and pay attention as the weather forecasts change. Pollsters, let's get into this. Pollsters fear they're blowing it again. This is from Steve Shepard at Politico. Pollsters know they have a problem, but they aren't sure. They're fixing it in time for the November election. Since Donald Trump's unexpected 2016 victory, pre-election polls have consistently understated support for Republican candidates compared to the vote ultimately cast. Once again, polls over the past two months are showing Democrats running stronger than once expected in a number of critical midterm races, It's left some wondering whether the rosy results are setting the stage for another potential polling failure that dashes Democratic hopes of retaining control of Congress and vindicates the GOP's assertion that polls are unfairly biased against them. It's not that pollsters haven't tried to fix the issues that plagued them in recent elections. Whether they're public firms conducting surveys for the media and academic institutions or private campaign consultants, they've spent the last two years tweaking their methods to avoid a 2020 repeat. But most of the changes they have made are small. Some pollsters are hoping that since Trump isn't running in the midterms, the problems of underestimating Republican vote share will disappear. But others worry that Trump's ongoing dominance of the news cycle, from the FBI seizure of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago to litigation in New York, effectively is making him the central figure. There's no question that the polling errors in 2016 and 2020 worry the polling profession, worry me as a pollster says Charles Franklin, the director of the Marquette Law School poll in Milwaukee and a longtime survey taker in the battleground state of Wisconsin. The troubling part is how much of that is unique to when Donald Trump is on the ballot versus midterms when he's not on the ballot. After 2016, pollsters said the problem was their samples included too few voters without college degrees. The polls were better for the 2018 midterm, so they were still too Democratic on balance. Then came 2020, which was worse than 2016 and for which pollsters have yet to settle on a definitive explanation for what precisely went wrong. As a result, an easy fix is proven elusive. But pollsters have mostly agreed that particularly in 2020, the surveys missed a chunk of Trump's voters who refused to participate in the polls. The current 2022 polling is widely favorable for Democrats. 538's light prediction model, which is based solely on the latest polling data, says Democrats have a 79% chance to retain the Senate. That probability clashes with the expectations of both parties and most independent handicappers who consider it a coin toss. And the New York Times noted that some of the Democrats' strongest numbers are coming in the states that have seen the greatest polling misses. Celinda Lake, a prominent Democratic pollster, told Politico her firm, Lake Research Partners, is working hard to get the right balance of voters in the samples, but that a certain segment of Trump's voters is increasingly elusive. It was less of an issue for a long time. It looks to us like it's getting to be more of a problem recently. Her firm isn't alone in working to mitigate the problems. Quinnipiac, long-term player in polling, released polls showing Warnock and Herschel Walker in Georgia with a Walker-Warnock six-point lead, despite other surveys showing it tied. Doug Schwartz, director of Quinnipiac, says his interviewers have changed the way they ask respondents about their vote choice. Another Northeastern academic pollster, Marist College, released two polls, one showing Warnock ahead of Walker by five points, the other showing J.D. Vance running neck and neck with Tim Ryan, the Democrat in Ohio. Marist also had some 2020 misses, showing Biden with a six-point lead in North Carolina, where she lost, and a five-point lead in Pennsylvania, where he won by one point. Marist Lee Maringoff said the school has diversified its sampling by contacting voters, not just by phone calls, but text and online. This goes on and on and on and on and on. I don't want to read you the whole article, but it's worth capturing that context and the quotes from the pollsters. One last one is from Glenn Bulger. He runs public opinion strategies. He's one of the most respected Republican pollsters in the country. There is a good chance that a lot of publicly released surveys are overstating Democratic strength. Amanda Iovino Republican pollster at WPA Intelligence. Uh, That, you should know, is uh, one of my uh, favorite pollsters in America. It is his firm, WPA Intelligence. And they're noting that even in Virginia last year, making all the adjustments for polling, a lot of pollsters missed it. It's easier to get college-educated voters on the phone than voters who don't graduate from college. Chris Wilson of WPA Intelligence, I I'm, I need to get him on the show to talk about this phenomenon because they do way more detailed surveying now than they ever have in the past. And even they recognize that the polls are off. What they all tell me, what and I talk to a lot of the people that I'm referencing here, Democrat and Republican, I talk to a great many of them. I know them because for years I used to work with pollsters and do polls for candidates and politicians. Here's what pollsters overwhelmingly tell me. and it doesn't matter whether they're independent pollsters, Republican pollsters, or Democratic pollsters. They all tell me the same thing. The bottom line polling numbers are probably wrong and probably are overstating Democrats. Everybody agrees with that, particularly in states where you've had historic undercounting of Republicans. If you've undercounted Republicans in 2016, 2018, and 2020, the odds are you're undercounting them in 2022. The reason is because white Republicans do not talk to people on the phone if they don't recognize the number anymore, and they don't participate in polls. There's a level of paranoia that it's not anonymous or confidential, and Republicans don't want to play the game, as lawfare has become a tool on the Democratic side in the minds of Republicans. Black and Hispanic voters, particularly those moving to the GOP, are less likely than any other group to talk. As a result, you're missing a number of Republican votes. Every pollster agrees on this, and every pollster agrees they don't know how to fix the problem. One thing you have to remember is that public polling is done cheaper than private polling. Private polling is still not good, but it's better. What every pollster also tells me is that no matter how bad the bottom line number is, that generally if you take a poll and it's done by the same polling firm repeatedly over time with not the same people being polled but the same demographics of people being polled, The trend lines tend to still be accurate. So though Joe Biden may in one poll have a 45% approval rating and another poll have a 35% approval rating, if in the two separate pollster surveys over time, Biden's approval is going up or going down, you can be sure his polling and the public is probably going up or going down. If the Democrats surge into the lead in the polling average, Uh, You can probably bet that, yes, there's been momentum on the Democratic side. When it shifts back to the GOP, then, yes, you can probably be sure that the polling has shifted back to the GOP. Pollsters across the board, Democrat, Republican, independent, academic, for the media, they all agree with these things. Republicans are being undercounted. The trend lines are more accurate than the bottom line numbers. And at the end of the day, they all understand that in each state, you have to give a couple extra points to Republicans. They also agree that polls of all Americans lean more Democrat than polls of registered voters, which lean more Democrat than polls of likely voters. And all of them have a slight Democratic bias overall. Also, it's easier to do a national poll than a state poll. and It's easier to do a, a state poll than a congressional district poll. So you've got to be weary of the polls, but understand the trend lines probably are accurate. And if that's the case, then for a time, Democrats did gain some momentum in August. And by now, they're starting to lose it as the polling is coming back in the GOP's favor as they shift to the likely voter pool. That being said, the only way to know what really going to happen is to stay around for Election Day and be sure to show up and vote. The problem for Democrats here is that when you look at a place like Nevada, Adam Laxalt is now in the lead in the polling average. Nevada was supposed to be a Democratic state. They've undercounted historically Republican strength in Nevada. So if Adam Laxalt is in the lead in the polling, he probably is in the lead. Or look at Georgia, where Herschel Walker and the polling average is tied with Raphael Warnock. Now, Brian Kemp is ahead of Stacey Abrams by about six points. There is a growing wishful thinking on the left that uh, the ticket will be completely split in Georgia, where people will vote for Brian Kemp and vote for Raphael Warnock. That will happen to some degree. I just don't know that it will happen enough. By the way, Brian Kemp has his new ad out. He hadn't responded with a lot of ads. Stacey Abrams is outspending him. She spent $33 million on ads. Kemp maybe has spent half of that. You want to hear the new ad from Brian Kemp? It just launched. It's scenes of Stacey Abrams doing the TV show rounds. Talk shows, magazine covers, television cameos. Stacey Abrams wants to leave Georgia behind. Abrams' next act? you also see yourself running as president, too. Oh, absolutely. Abrams is bankrolled by liberal elites. In return, she's pushed their agenda on Georgia. Lockdowns, school closings, tax hikes, releasing criminals, and defunding police. Celebrity Stacey, a perfect governor for liberal elites, just not hardworking Georgians. That's Brian Kemp's latest ad, firing up in the state, uses her appearances on Star Trek, The View, magazine covers hanging out. While it says that uh, she's getting all of her money by liberal elites, underneath it, it says, uh, Stacey Abrams, $13.8 from California and New York. Those are where the liberal elites are. Uh, what's so interesting to me is that the polling in Georgia has Kemp in the average about up 6.6%. He may actually be higher than that given the poll biases of about 2% to the Democrats in Georgia. So he could be up 8 or 9%. Uh, Abrams, of course, at this point, I think, knows she isn't going to win. But around the country, this is the same phenomenon happening everywhere. Democrats seem to be doing okay in polling pollsters privately think they're overinflating it and the democratic base keeps coming up with things. You know in 2020 it was that there was a massive surge of black and hispanic voters and that was going to be Trump's undoing. This time it's there's been a massive surge of young women after the Dobbs decision the number of young women registering to vote soared. And that's what they're hanging their hopes on. This is a pattern of wishful thinking. You take this one day to when all the data, all the polling suggests that things are bad and you hang your hat on something like that, everyone is convinced, convinced, convinced that after the Dobbs decision, the old rules don't apply. I still think, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm willing to admit I could be wrong, but I still think when the number one, number two, number three, number four, and number five issues for voters, is the economy stupid? It's the economy stupid, and that doesn't play well for the Democrats. Then, of course, you've got groups out there like Patriot Mobile that are playing to help the Republicans as well, pouring millions of dollars into to help Republicans, and they do it by taking their profits and giving it to the conservative movement. They were designed to do that. They're the only actual Christian conservative cell phone provider in the country, explicitly set up that way. But to do what they want to do to help the conservative movement, they need your business. In exchange, they give you guaranteed great service using the same cell towers all the big companies use. What you do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You take your business to Patriot Mobile. You grow their profits. They grow the conservative movement. You can also call them, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, you get free activation. You get great discounts. They have 100% um, U.S.-based customer service, and they want your business. They actually share your values, and they really want your business. You're not dealing with a woke company. You can take your existing phone number to them or get a new one. You get guaranteed great service. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash Eric, or call them 972-PATRIOT and tell them I sent you. Yes, you should. I am finally going to send out the Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich recipe. I've I've got so obsessed with perfecting it the way I wanted it that I totally forgot to even send it out. Um, And I've gotten back in the habit over this weekend. I went up to this place I love to go. It's called Barnsley Gardens. It's in North Georgia in, in the high hills Um, Before you get to the mountains and it's this English garden, little cottages. It's kind of brilliant. It's one of the only Fazio golf courses out there that doesn't have any development around. It's just out in the middle of the woods. Uh, It was me and the deer playing by myself at the end of the day. Sat down and, and kind of restructured, reorganized the recipes so can make sure I'm sending them more consistently to you. Now, if you want them, text the word recipe to 33777. You will get the Nashville hot fried chicken sandwich this week. I, I've been working on it, working on it, working on it, working on it. I finally got it where it's crispy, it's spicy, but not too hot for people. But how to get it hot if you want it hotter. Uh, And I promise, I've already got it logged in to go out on Wednesday. So text RECIPE to 33777. No charge, just get the recipe so you can break bread with people. Now, I've been warning you guys, this was going to happen. The Natural Resources Defense Council, a major U.S. green group that has been influencing the Biden administration's policymaking, turns out it has deep ties to the Chinese government, according to... To Fox News. The NRDC is a nonprofit based in New York City with assets exceeding $450 million. It's worked on climate issues extensively in China since the mid 90s. Several of its top officials have worked with the Chinese Communist Party. They maintain close working relationships with the Biden administration. The NRDC's former president, Gina McCarthy, served as Biden's climate czar until earlier this month. Current President Manish Bapna has attended at least two White House meetings. The NRDC regularly communicates with John Kerry, the Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. On its website, the NRDC highlights its collaboration with a wide range of Chinese and international partners to bolster green policies. The NRDC, though, rarely condemns the communist government in China. Now, here's what's notable to me. Back during the 70s and 80s, it turned out after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, when we could go in and read Kremlin and and KGB records, turns out the KGB spent a lot of money uh, funding uh, activist anti-nuclear peace and green movements in the West. Wouldn't surprise me if China is funding environmental movements to undermine Western free markets, Would not surprise me at all considering how much so many environmentalist groups push to end Western civilization as we know it.